This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmanios.com. This is Red Panda Report, episode 001. Too many narrators spoil the grump. So, I'm talking about Red Panda Adventures, episode 1, which originally aired October 15, 2005. The title of it is The Riddle of the Sphinx. It is written and directed by Greg Taylor. This is episode season one of season one of Red Panda Adventures, which you can find at dakotaringtheater.com. Your source for adventure. All right, I'm going to read you this little blurb thing that I'm pretty sure Taylor wrote because it's just that good. Here we go. This is your intro to the episode, and then I won't summarize it. I will only talk about it, uh, assuming that you have listened to it. So here we go. A stolen sapphire, a mysterious murder, and purloined plans add up to amazing adventure as the Red Panda and his trusty sidekick, Kit Baxter, the Flying Squirrel, race against time to decipher the Riddle of the Sphinx. I don't know if Stephen Burley does those or not, but uh, he should. He's the narrator for the show. I absolutely love his narration. It's uh, so good. And he gets to be a character or two later on. Well, he gets to be a main character later on in the series, and I absolutely love that guy. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, again, assuming that you've listened to this episode of Red Panda Adventures, uh, what I thought of it. So first of all, some of the characters narrating uh, their own actions to themselves while by themselves was a little weird, and uh, that's what I'm referring to when I say too many narrators spoil the, uh, the grump. Because honestly, if you're going to be grumpy and uptight, uh, I don't know that this is the show for you. Uh, you might want to go check out Black Jack Justice from Dakota Ring Theater. And I gotta say, it's a different style, it's a different presentation, it's a detective show specifically. You have the one-on-one -on -one narration of uh, the two characters there, uh, Jack and Trixie. And I l was listening to uh, an episode of Black Jack Justice earlier, before I wrote up my notes for this, and I thought, or and as I was thinking about the fact that there is a little too much narration in Red Panda Adventures, uh, it struck me that I don't think it's the same in Black Jack Justice, but I don't know if that's because the detective stories that were going on, uh, if they were developed later, which I don't think is true, then like The Shadow, for example, or if uh, they just don't have any of that dialogue at all, like, all right, Trixie, um, I'm opening up the drawer to get the scotch. You can see me plainly. I have a stain on my T-shirt, because Trixie would just say, Jack, you spilled mustard on yourself again. You're such a slob. Clean up before we have a client come in here. And he would say something uh, to the effect of like, oh, you know, funny that you would think that we have clients that are attracted to us. Uh, you know, they're, they've all been scared away by your, you know, dragon scent or whatever. You know, like they would dig at each other and, uh, you know, instead you'd, you would hear the narration of, uh, you know, it's another early day. So I'm, you know, pulling out the whiskey early and uh, I'm hoping I can get a few licks in before Trixie walks through the door and you know, makes my life that much more of a living hell. And then, you know, it was just, you would know what's happening because the character is telling you what they did or what they're doing, but it's in a different way because it's it's narration, as a, which is why I specifically use the, the term narrator in my, my title for this, as opposed to, uh, you know, um, somebody in the, uh, the Shadow documentary that I uh, listened to, but I have yet to, uh, I'll make sure to publish it on uh, mjmunios.com before I release this episode of Red Panda Report. Um, it mentions uh, that sometimes they would have to do silly things like, see, I've got this gun here. I've got you all covered. If any one of you moves, I'm going to shoot you. And 
like that might feel natural but it might not depending on how it's delivered and exactly how it's phrased so i can understand it being a little weird and yeah there were some things you know where the the guard is uh talking malloy you know oh, do this malloy do that malloy some of that was good and solid but some of it just sounded a little weird and uh, again because it's radio theater you have to be willing to let go and uh accept some level of uh contrivance let's just say uh for it to work and for you to fully understand what's going on without the direct narration of and now the guard approached the door he is puzzled he he pauses puzzled at the light streaming from under it and the sound coming from the other side he approaches it carefully and knocks no answer he knocks again hey mister you know whatever um which you can do that and they've done it in episodes of the shadow uh and i think they'll do it in episodes of red panda as well where they'll say such and such happens now let's watch and you know stephen burley will do those introductions but those are mostly for the start of an episode but anyway it'll come up later but i just wanted to point out you know if you don't want to have fun and you want to let it be ruined for yourself you can go ahead and do that and just stop listening right now but if you'd like to have fun and enjoy a really well-told story um, then stick around because it just gets better from here all right moving on to the things that i did enjoy the dynamic between red panda and kit is fun the premise of the walkthrough mystery is neat and the red panda's hypnotic power uh tricking the sphinx was really cool something that i thought was kind of odd is red panda getting himself pumped uh to take down the sphinx it was really fun uh it's like a, a it's a monologue basically um and where he like and he this is like a trademark thing where he whips himself up and he says you know so and so is gonna have a date with the red panda and or you know the red panda swears it which isn't in this episode yet or is in episode one, but it'll be, I don't know, episode two or three, I think it makes an appearance. And he's got those, uh, these things where he just gets all worked up and it's really exciting. And uh, the joke for me to say is that it feels hypnotic. I, obviously it's not hypnotic. I'm not being hypnotized by it, but it is interesting how like compelling it is for uh, just a guy over the radio, over the podcast, whatever, say this stuff and i'm like oh yeah okay i'm all jazzed up he's gonna go fight this guy it's gonna be really cool and again it's the theater of the mind i guess that's at play there and uh yeah i guess taylor understood that well and did a good job with it so it's just it's odd how cool it is uh, another odd thing is the mystique of not knowing the true identity of red panda adds something to the show uh, i found myself listening for clues or tells about his identity like uh when uh bellamy i think talked to him in the I, were they at the club of car talking or not i can't remember Anyway, they're talking somewhere, and the guy calls him old friend. He calls him friend and old friend and uh, pal and, you know, a couple different things a few times. But then again, Red Panda also calls the guy, uh, you know, old man and, you know, <laughs> boy and old bean or whatever. So he calls him a few things too, which naturally you would do in, in conversation with somebody who you know well. You're not always saying, hello, so-and-so, full name, you know, first, middle, and last name. Uh, my friend who I've known for many years, how are you doing today at this place that we visit all the time? And then they say, oh, my friend who I've known for this many years, first name, middle initial, last name, I'm doing well in this place that we visit all the time. Today I was talking to my wife, to whom I am married for so many years. You know, her name is, whatever. You don't do that, right? That's not natural conversation. So while there is some unnatural dialogue or monologuing or self-narration going on there's also some interesting uh clever 
natural dialogue happening and it's just kind of interesting the mix of both of them together and uh, again uh, you know more than that uh, you know getting to that detail uh, it is interesting to me that I, I found it so interesting and exciting and you know this is not my first time listening to Red Panda Adventures as I mentioned previously in the introduction episodes so I remember though as I was listening in carefully for clues that hey I did this the first time I listened and maybe that's just me and every time I re-listen to it I'm gonna think about oh are they gonna drop any clues to his identity uh, or not and uh, yeah they sure didn't hear so that's kind of fun kind of fun uh, so some gadgets were introduced here Red Panda has lots of gadgets and I I think I'll I don't know well whatever I'm just gonna list them off in each episode just for fun uh, so they use they use and they talk about static shoes which allow them to uh, walk up or climb up walls as if they're walking you know across the floor um, and <laughs> as if they're walking over to the to grab the blue coal and shovel it into their fireplaces or furnaces for which they've been specially formulated uh, and then uh, the flying squirrel has gliding membranes in her suit that allow her to fly and give her the name the flying squirrel and we get to hear her fly and swoop in at one point during the episode and uh, that's you know, towards the climax of the fight I think is when it is and that's fun she'll be doing that a lot in the future uh, as far as the villains are concerned so this uh, sphinx uh, that this uh, yeah sphinx character that red panda fights he's somebody who red panda put away for I believe cracking safes or you know breaking in and burglaring stuff his name is Matt Murtock which I thought was funny because it's almost like Matt Murdock the uh, the blind guy, Daredevil, from Marvel Comics, and I don't know how much that was a, a play on, on him or not, but here he is, and uh, what else was I going to say special or interesting about this guy? Oh, just, I like that he calls himself, or that he wants to be the, uh, what is he, the pharaoh of, the, the felonious pharaoh, or the pharaoh of felonies, or something like that, it's a very funny appellation he wants to give himself, as he's trying to, aspiring to be this, you know, crime kingpin, or whatever, and, uh, yeah, that was fun and his scheme well his scheme's a little convoluted but it ultimately makes sense for him to pull off these like perfect crimes and had he not been uh sloppy like uh, like lefty in the very first episode of the shadow he wouldn't have been caught and what i mean by that which i, I want to point out because it's just kind of fun is that in the first episode of the shadow the death house rescue there is a guy there's two guys red and lefty and they get they basically make this guy a patsy for them uh to go down for the bank robbery that they commit and Lefty, who's left-handed, I guess, uh, at one point, he takes off his gloves, which he was sure he was wearing the whole time he was committing his crime, but he takes off his gloves one time uh, to adjust a mirror so that he can keep holding, I think so he can keep holding the patsy at gunpoint to force him to do, you know, what they want to do, and his uh, thumb and index finger print are left on the mirror there. I believe that's exactly what it is, and uh, the shadow gets the patsy to reveal that, and then ultimately... The bad guys are taken care of but the point is here the uh left thumb and forefinger are the prints that the sphinx or matt murtock leaves behind as he arrogantly and foolishly uh thinks that he's unable to be caught by anybody because they won't be able to even if they well he doesn't think they'll be able to crack the code at all or crack his crime at all so he arrogantly uh put leaves his fingerprints at the scene of the crime by taking off his glove and feeling around 
and uh, dropping the same exact fingerprints that Lefty did um, in the back of the uh, safe deposit box or vault or whatever it was. And that's really cool. And I'm like 99.9% sure that that is an homage to the first episode of The Shadow, but I'd have to ask Taylor to be sure because I don't think I've ever heard him talk about that in a uh, in an interview or anything like that. But that's pretty cool. For you eagle-eared listeners out there, uh, you too would have caught that if you checked out The Death House Rescue and, uh, and The Sphinx. Uh, riddle of the six rather within a short amount of time it's been like a couple weeks since I've listened to that first episode so anyway but I only picked up that detail now after having listened to it uh, recently so that was kind of fun uh, getting into the lore so I don't know if this really counts as lore or not but uh, Kit became the flying squirrel so Red Panda could keep her quiet about his secret identity because she figured out what his secret identity was and uh, I think that says a lot about them, but I'm not going to delve into that so much right now. I'll just I'll just leave it at that, basically. And there's a little clue about what that might mean for Kit uh, and her character and her motivation, other than like she's clever and resourceful. Um, but anyway, there's there's a little bonus thing in there that you'll pick up on later as you continue listening to Red Panda Adventures. So that's uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about this episode. I thoroughly enjoy Red Panda. Like I said, this is like my. Uh, third time going through it again and I'm gonna have a lot of fun listening to it all again uh, I believe the show took I don't know what 10 10 to 12 years to to produce all the 120 episodes that tell the full saga of the red panda at least that Taylor has made so far plus the four novels pulp novels that I'll be covering here as well um, but yeah I basically like every episode of red panda adventures uh, there might be some that I like less than others and I'll point that out as as we go but I really enjoy this Riddle of the Sphinx as a uh, as a starter episode. You get introduced well to the characters and their dynamic, and you meet Doctor Chronopolis, who's going to be a big, big, big deal as things go down the line. He's a you know a, a regular member of the cast, which is fun, and uh, I like that performance as well. I like all the performances. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other issues to point out. Uh, it was a fun adventure, uh, a little mystery, a little crime, and. Uh, you know, it hints to a larger, you know, already running, already established world where Red Panda is facing people who have, you know, superpowers or semi-superpowers because he says a line, something to the effect of uh, every two-bit criminal who gets their hands on a, you know, cape and a wand thinks that they're a sorcerer or something like that. And uh, that's kind of fun. So it, it's obvious that he's faced all sorts of weird uh, criminals and crimes uh, before, uh, you know, even leading into the supervillain, or, you know, even supervillains, and we'll get to hear more about those later. Definitely within season one, I think there's, I don't know, three su- supervillains that he fights, which it's 12 episodes, so that's not bad. Um, but he fights all levels of crime, the regular, you know, regular criminals to super criminals, and that's fun and exciting, and like I said, I think this is a great introduction to uh, Red Panda and Kit, or Flying Squirrel, and their dynamic with each other and their adventures together in this crazy world where we're following the adventures uh, of, or the career of Canada's greatest superhero. (laughs) Uh, That in itself is kind of funny. But anyway, yeah, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around you're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.